I'm Meg Dahl, your Unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Unbreakable You podcast. I am so happy to have you joining me here today. It is the last week of November. How did that happen? I have no idea, but I feel as though when you become an adult, or maybe it just like once you hit your 20s or something like that, it feels like time flies by. Don't you ever remember when you were a child and it felt like a year, felt like forever, and now it's like we blink and an entire month is gone. So it's the last week of November And then it's December, which is absolutely crazy. So I'm celebrating. I'm celebrating the last week of November with something super special for you guys. I have a sale running on my site for anyone who has always wanted to join or become a member of my Nourished and Free community. And so for those of you who are unfamiliar with Nourished and Free and what that is, let me tell you, Nourished and Free is my global essential oil community. So if you have been wanting to start using essential oils in your daily life and just start using them for personal use, or maybe you are a practitioner and you wanted to start using them within your own life, but also showing clients how to use them as well. Um, Both types of people, so both groups of people, whether you just want to use essential oils for personal use or integrate them into your business, you can become a Nourished and Free member. So like I said, it is my global essential oil community where I educate women on how to use essential oils within their own lives, but also if you are a practitioner looking to help others, I can help you in that area as well. So I would essentially be your essential oil educator or mentor. And I've been doing this since September of 2016. And it's absolutely hands down my favorite part of my business is showing women how to take care of themselves using nature's tools. So if you do want to become a member of my Nourished and Free family, I would love to have you and I am running a sale all week long right up until the very end of November. So that very last hour, the sale will And so if you want to read more about this, go to megtherhn.com slash Cyber Monday. So I did announce this sale on Cyber Monday and I just chose to run it all week long just so I could get the message out there and I never run sales like this ever. So I just thought, I'll run it for the rest of November and that's it. So if you always wanted to be a member of the Nourished and Free community or even just get my support, work with me, learn how to use essential oils, now's the time because if you get started by creating an account, a doTERRA account through me, by just purchasing any 
enrollment kit of your choice. So there are tons of enrollment kits to choose from. All you need to choose is one of your choice, whichever one speaks to you. So choose one. And then I am gifting you $100 worth of essential oils or doTERRA products of your choice back to you. So get started with an enrollment kit of your choice and you are getting $100 worth of product or oils of your choice back to you. And on top of that, you're a part of my Nourished and Free community. You and I will set up a one-on-one call together. All of my new Nourished and Free members, everyone gets a one-on-one call with me, but then also my daily support in our Nourished and Free private Facebook community. And also I have a membership site for all Nourished and Free members, and that gives you access to courses and programs and ebooks and trainings and recordings and all that fun stuff for free. So if you do want to join the Nourished and Free community this month and get $100 worth of products of your choice back, I would love to have you. So just go to megtherhn.com slash Cyber Monday. So that's my exciting announcement for this week. I hope all of my American friends had a great Thanksgiving. I'm sure you guys are like sick and tired of hearing about Thanksgiving already. I don't know. It seems like you guys celebrate Thanksgiving for an entire week or something. I don't know. It just seems like everyone's still talking about Thanksgiving, which is great. But it's just funny that it's like a week-long event for you guys. Um, Here in Canada, it's kind of like a weekend, one-and-done type thing. But it seems like for all of my American friends, it just keeps going on and on and on. But that's okay. We like the holidays and there's even more holidays coming in December. So get ready for those. But first up, let's talk about today's guest because I am welcoming a very good friend of mine onto this show with me today. And we are jamming out about a topic that is so close to my heart and obviously very close to hers because it is her mission to raise awareness about mental health and decrease the stigma surrounding mental illness and specifically suicide. So today we are welcoming my very good friend Callie Kennedy on the show who is a co-founder of Life is Worth Living which is my favorite nonprofit organization and we chat a little bit about that today. I know you guys probably remember seeing me wear some life is worth living clothing that's all to do with Callie's organization. So let's start this interview because it's so great. So many great takeaways. And if you are like me and are passionate about raising awareness on this topic and also working to decrease the stigma around mental illness, this show is for you. So enjoy. Hey, Callie, welcome to the show. I am so excited to be sitting down with you today. I know this has been like months in the making. So welcome to the Unbreakable You podcast. Thanks, Meg. I'm so excited to be here. And yes, it has been a few months, but it's exciting that today is finally the day. Yes, exactly. So Callie, you and I have a common passion. We both love talking about mental health and spreading awareness. So for those listening today who aren't familiar with you and the work you do, can you introduce yourself, please? 
Yeah, for sure. So as Meg mentioned, my name is Callie Kennedy, and I'm one of the three co-founders of a nonprofit organization here in Saskatchewan called Life is Worth Living. So myself and my two other sisters, Jacqueline and Shaylin, started Life is Worth Living in memory of our older sister, Brianne, who we lost to suicide in 2004. So since that time, it's been our goal to spread awareness on the topics of mental health, mental illness, and suicide in hopes that by doing so, we can reduce the stigma and hopefully prevent at least one other family from going through what we have in losing Brianne to suicide. Yeah, that's amazing. And I just think what a great thing to be doing after such a traumatic event happened in your life and just spreading awareness. And there is such a huge stigma around it all. And I would love to chat more about that with you and just the work that you're doing and how that helps, um, you know, break down that stigma and really bring light to the truth behind mental illness and suicide. I mean, that's something that we have not talked about on the podcast yet. So would you be open to chatting more about suicide specifically with us? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So um, if you want to just share a little bit more about that story, I know there was four um, of you sisters in your family, and now there's three of you that are really strong together and spreading awareness together. But what was that, um, you know, situation, that moment? What was that like when you were first initially going through it all? Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to start first. I always like to kind of give people a trigger warning because it is a topic that can be very triggering for a lot of people. So just as a warning, if you think it might trigger you, um, maybe don't listen to this part and fast forward a little bit. But uh, after losing her, obviously, I think the first initial stage you go through is kind of shock, uh, not really accepting that that person is gone and that's with every loss right but with losing someone to suicide there's so many different emotions because of the way that they do lose their life there's a lot of questions of why uh feelings of frustration and anger and those are hard emotions to go through after losing someone because you do love them so much and care about them so it's a confusing place to be to also feel those feelings at the same time. Uh, my parents did a great job at encouraging us girls to talk about Brienne and to be open about our grief and so that we could heal openly. My one sister went to counseling and there was always options available for us, which I'm thankful for every day. And my mom, especially, just really always kept Brianne's memory alive. She made sure that it became something that we were easy. It was easy for us to continue talking about her so that we wouldn't look back on that time in our lives um, and feel hurt every time we shared a story about her, right? So I think that's one thing that I'm continuously thankful for and I think which has allowed my sisters and I to be here today and doing what we do for sure. Absolutely. I think sharing your story and just being so open is the number one thing that we can do for spreading awareness for mental illness and just mental health and also reducing or completely eliminating that stigma around it. It's all about speaking up and sharing the truth for sure. So when all of this was happening, it obviously was quite a shock, right? Yeah, yeah. as I would assume most um, suicides are. So with your sister, was there any like ideas that she was struggling prior to? Oh, yes. So she was diagnosed with depression at the age of 14 
um, and the age she passed was 19. So my parents had tried to get her help numerous times. They had attempted various different things. She had tried to take her life a few times previously and hadn't been successful. But I think, especially at that time, because this wasn't something that was talked about and, and the stigma back then was even greater, that it was hard for even my parents to be able to navigate and figure out which resources were available. And there weren't as many resources as available back then as there are today. So I think that has also become one of our main goals is letting people know that there is always help out there and there is always another option and teaching them how they can connect with those resources and find them because lots of times that's the biggest disconnect. For sure. So why don't we touch on that? Like speak to some parents because I know the majority of the people that listen to this podcast obviously are adults and they have children of their own. So let's say they know that their child is struggling with this um, area of their life. Where can we direct those parents and offer support to those parents specifically? Right. So the thing I would say is, first of all, I so strongly believe in mental health professionals and counselors. They, not even if you are struggling from a mental illness, but even just in general, there's always going to be stress in our life and things happening. And these are people who can support us and teach us coping mechanisms so we can get through those difficult times and learn how to navigate and use our skills instead of resorting to maybe not so great coping mechanisms like drugs and alcohol, which unfortunately sometimes happens a lot in high school, I find for for younger kids. There's also a lot of great online resources. If you're in Canada, there's the Canadian Mental Health Association, uh, we recently in Canada have the kids help phone texting crisis line. It's always been around in the form of a phone line, but this new texting line is just great because first of all, kids don't even have to have data on their phone. They don't need to have service. They don't need to have Wi-Fi. They can text that number at any time and reach out. So I think talking to your kids about it as well and letting them know what resources are available, letting them know that there is that open line of communication and that there may be a time in their life where them or someone they care about may experience feelings of suicide and that it's okay to talk about it. It's okay to come forward and have those feelings and that you can help them get the help they need. Psychiatrists are wonderful people as well and do a lot of great work. I honestly can't say enough about that. And then teaching and working with your kids on coping mechanisms and putting those into place for yourself as well so they have that positive role model. Yeah, those are all such great suggestions. And I know you mentioned like the texting line, which is amazing. That's huge. So is there anything additional that you would add to that list for someone who might be feeling this way themselves? For sure. So what I always say to someone is, if you're having thoughts of suicide, call 911 or call a crisis center immediately. Because there's most cities have mobile crisis units that will come straight to your house. Um, There's also, but yeah, I've I've just said over and over again, like never hesitate to dial 911 because it is an emergency. Reach out and have someone even come sit with you, whether that's a friend, a family member, anyone, just connect with someone through those times so you're not by yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So throughout this whole process, like from when the time your sister did pass away. Um, When did you and your sisters come up with the idea to start this organization? Uh, So actually it came about, so I'm a twin, Jacqueline's my twin sister. And 
we were in a grade nine lifestyles class. It was called, so it was pretty much like a health class. And we were tasked with, as a class, we had to split up into pairs and teach our class about a chronic illness for an hour. So Jacqueline and I, of course, paired up and we decided that we wanted to teach our class about depression. So we're in grade nine, around 15 years old, and did our presentation to the class on depression. And at the same time, kind of shared some of our own story about losing Brianne, which was pretty fresh because we were only 13 at the time that she passed away. And I can remember after we were done, the teacher would always pull the presenters out into the hallway and tell them things they did good, things they could improve on, etc. And they, she just asked us, would you ever consider doing this presentation elsewhere, like taking it further, maybe go talk to some of the other classrooms, even just within the school. And we were like, oh, well, we hadn't really thought of that, but yeah, like that's something we would be interested in. So kind of from that point forward is where our speaking started. We put together a presentation, started within our school, kind of talking to classrooms. And then from there kind of grew, people heard about us and we ended up speaking at schools, mostly throughout Saskatchewan uh, during our high school years. We took a break when we were in our early 20s, just because she was going to school, I was going to school. And then over the last year and a half, two years, we kind of decided we wanted to get back into it in full force because it's something that's so important. So it's something that we always come back to because we're so passionate about it. So that's when Shaylin kind of joined on with us, our youngest sister, and we decided to actually start a nonprofit organization. We have a clothing line now that's kind of blown up and we also started our social media pages, which is amazing because we're able to connect with people that way. And then we still do our speaking events as well. So yeah, it all started from a grade nine class presentation and has kind of grown to what it is today. So that's amazing. So I have never been to one of your speaking events before, but I believe you have a really big one coming up in May for everyone that is like kind of local to us, right? Yeah. So that one, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Uh, So We decided to plan an event for then. So yeah, it's going to be May 22nd and it's in Saskatoon and we're hosting it at LB Distillers. So they've generously provided space for us. So Jacqueline and I will be speaking, sharing our story. And then we also have one of our volunteers and content creators, Kim Durkach working as well with us. And she's gonna talk that evening as well, so. Amazing. So when you do give these presentations, I want to make sure that in this podcast episode today, we're touching on everything that you present there. So what are some of the big things that you are sure that you share with your audiences when you are talking about not only your nonprofit, but just mental health and suicide in general? Yeah, no. So we always start off by sharing our story and talking about Brianne and who she was as a person because I think it's important for people to know who she was and what kind of a person she was. So while she was only 19 years old at the time she took her life, she had lived a lot of life in those years and impacted a lot of people. She had curly blonde hair, kind of like Jacqueline's, but blonde and um, had this smile and like this giggle that would just light up her room and wasn't the kind of person that you would ever have looked at and thought she must be struggling inside, right? So, which I think is something that's important because it's not something we can always see, which is why it's so important to ask people the question of how are you doing, right? So we talk about Brianne, we talk about the morning we lost her And then we make sure that we tell and talk about how to help someone who is in a vulnerable state and is maybe feeling suicidal. So our presentation 
uh, in the past, normally we're speaking to high school, so it is geared towards a lot of students, but for them and teaching them how to help someone who is suicidal, the most important thing is to get across to them is to a not ever keep that a secret mm -hmm. because lots of times someone in that state will ask you to keep it a secret and b knowing which resources they can connect that person with mm -hmm. and what they can do in the meantime between that space of connecting them with the resource and then after as well making sure you're following up with that person still showing them that you care that you're there for them through the long haul because it can take time for that person to go from that state that they're in of feeling suicidal to getting back to a point in their life where maybe they feel happy again so just being there to support those people through the long haul and then we kind of finish off with a piece more so on self-love because I know you talk about it a lot. I read your posts on Instagram a lot and always 100% appreciate and agree with every word. I think that with social media today, it can be easy to look at other people and think they have a better life or a better body or a better whatever. So I think it's so important that we teach ourselves self-kindness and it's funny because growing up, you're always kind of taught, be kind to others, be nice to others, treat others as you would want to be treated. But I don't think that necessarily we focus as much on to treat ourselves the way we should and deserve to be treated. So that that part of our presentation is also really important as well. So Absolutely. And I want to dive into that a little bit more later on. But I am just so happy that you brought up the point of because we talked about, you know, what parents should do if they think their child is struggling with this area of their health and what you should do if this is something that you are personally struggling with. But yeah, it was so key to bring up what if your friend confides in you and says like, hey, this is what I'm thinking about. And yeah, I'm so happy that you made a point of saying you need to tell someone even if they do say, can you keep it a secret between us? Is there anything yeah. else that you can say to someone that maybe they have been that person that the one individual confides in besides like telling someone about it? Because that's a like a lot of news for someone to take on and normally not even be expecting it too. No, for sure. And I always tell people who have helped someone who is feeling suicidal or if it happens in the future, that is so important to also look after yourself because it can bring up a lot of emotions. It can be scary because you're so worried about that person and you care and love them and it can be difficult to understand if you've never been in that place yourself mm -hmm. so I always tell people that once they have connected them with the proper resources and have gotten them help look after yourself reach out to a counselor reach out to a family member talk to someone a mental health professional and discuss with them kind of how you're feeling about it and things that you can do in the future to help them, your friend, but also to help yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so important. And now I really do want to talk about the self-love piece of your presentations. And I'm just so happy that you actually include that versus just educating people on mental health and just raising awareness of it because self-love is a almost preventative measure, right? Oh, it is. It's definitely, I would say, one of the coping mechanisms that everyone needs to put into place because I think without loving ourselves, it's hard to even love the people around us and have healthy and happy relationships as well. So, and it's something that we need to learn from a young age because it's so easy to stray from with all the influences there are in the world these days. So 
Mm-hmm. And so after your sister's passing, did that cause you to look at your own self-love in your own life? Like, is that something um, that you started to think about a little bit more? You know, I feel like that has been something that for me has been a lot bigger over the past five years, um, mostly because or even more than five years, maybe I was diagnosed with um, anxiety and depression at the age of 19. And so f- especially since that time and even before, I've obviously dealt with you know, maybe questioning my own self-love. And so I've done a lot of work since then to learn what I can do to keep a positive mindset, not only about what's going on around me, but about myself and to look inside and find what I truly love about myself and the characteristics that I have. It's not always about the outside or the inside. I think it's a combination of both. And so it's taken a lot of work and a lot of time, but it's been worth every second and I feel good at the place that I'm at. So good, good. Yeah. And thank you so much for sharing with us your own personal struggles of anxiety and depression. Now, in your own journey, what has helped you the most with that area of your life? I'm going to talk about counseling again because it's honestly been a lifesaver. It's, I have some great people in my life, um, a great counselor who I've been able to connect with, which I think is one of the most important things. I've also had counselors that I haven't connected with and that's okay, but you move on and you find a new one. They understand that as well. So I always tell people that I have a psychiatrist who I see once in a while. She's also been amazing, not only for the medication portion, but she does counseling as well. So it's good to have that balance. For myself, I find having an exercise routine is something that's so important for me. And it's really not about getting in shape for me. I don't go to the gym for that. I go to the gym for my mind. So every time I go, I just feel happier and lighter leaving. So that's what keeps me going back every single time. And then also other things that have helped me, I guess I've learned that sleep is so important in my life. I've done even eating like it's, I know you talk about food all the time too. And I love reading that stuff too, but it can have such a huge impact on the way that you feel and not just physically, but emotionally as well. So I think it's kind of just about learning your body and what you need to fuel it with all of the good things. I also have been introduced to oils through you and Kim. So those have been also very helpful over the past year, especially wild orange has always been one of my favorites, especially if I'm feeling any anxiety and I love the new green mandarin now because I feel like it's so similar. (laughs) But yeah, those are kind of some of my big things, journaling and just surrounding myself with a support system that I do have open lines of communication with at all times. And I'm lucky to have that not only in my family, but in friends as well. So yeah, yeah. No, Kate, there's so much that I want to like go back on and touch <laughs> on a little bit more so we can kind of like backtrack bit by bit here. First off, I am so happy that you brought up oils and I do not mind talking a little bit more about oils. If you don't mind, you can kind of share with us some of the practices that you do and maybe even elaborate a little bit more. I know you mentioned wild orange and green mandarin. I'm so happy that you brought up green mandarin because honestly, and the reason why I want to dive into this a little bit more is because every single day I get a DM, at least one DM on Instagram asking me which essential oils 
this they should use for anxiety or depression. So this is huge because I've actually never had someone join me on the show yet to talk about oils and specifically how to use them for our mental health. So this is amazing. I would love for you to elaborate on that with us and kind of maybe even share some of your personal practices with us and even like kind of a how they have helped you, like almost like a before and after because essential oils are new to so many people and a lot of people are still at the point of just thinking that they smell really great, but how can (laughs) they actually help your anxiety or depression? Yeah, no, for sure. And I agree, they do smell great, but they are so much more than that. So Wild Orange is actually the first doTERRA oil I ever received. And Kim gave it to me specifically for anxiety, actually. So yeah, kind of amazing that that's the first oil that I was ever introduced to of theirs and that it's still my number one favorite. So, but I use it, I like to diffuse it, especially if I'm even just like hanging out in the weekend or hanging out in the evenings, kind of trying to de-stress from like my day at work and just kind of come back to myself or smelling it if there does come a time where I am feeling anxious or maybe like a panic attack coming on. And then I, the other thing, I don't know, I just, I feel like I always have wild orange like around me. So I feel like the smell of it is mostly like for me what works, but I obviously use the oils in other ways too um, for keeping me healthy, like my immune system. I think that's so important because when you're not feeling good physically, you're not usually feeling good mentally as well. So I like always mix a concoction in my veggie caps and it usually includes things like frankincense, cassia, on guard, oregano. Those are kind of my go-tos this year. They've been getting me through without any cold. So that, I don't know, I've just found so many amazing ways to use them and even like deep blue for like pain. And I find it doesn't even have to be like physical pain or sometimes you get the physical pain from being stressed out, like your neck, you get tension. And so in those ways, like being able to reach for those instead of always reaching for something in my medicine cabinet has just been amazing. So it's just like that extra support on top of everything else that I'm doing. So Absolutely. And I love that connection. You know, today's episode together, we're talking all about mental health and just mental well-being and things like that. But I love that you brought up Deep Blue and that even if we are feeling physical pain throughout our body, whether that be like our back, our neck, a lot of people get just like shoulder, kind of like upper back tension, that sort of thing that can manifest from our mental health. So that's huge. And I'm so, so happy that you brought that up. And I just also want to point out the fact that using nature as a form of taking care of yourself, this all trickles into that loving aspect that you and I were talking about before. So I'm happy we dove into that a little bit more in depth. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the food piece that you mentioned too. So for your mental health, specifically like anxiety, depression, what types of foods have you felt helped you the most? Or like, have you made any certain dietary changes that you feel made the biggest impact on you? For a long time, I struggled with stomach issues, which I think was greatly also affecting my mental health. There's that brain gut connection. And for me, I ended up figuring out that dairy was causing a lot of troubles for me, which it never did when I was a kid. I could always eat it fine. I was never a big milk drinker by any means, but being able to cut that out has made me feel better physically 
with my stomach, but mentally as well. And there'll be the odd time that I'll be like, oh, I can just have like a little bit of cheese. But then I'll notice like I'll get things like headaches or kind of like brain fog and and those types of things. So I think it is so important to listen to our bodies and what they're telling us so that we can feel our very best. So I try to eat as many vegetables and fruit as I can. And I never limit anything if I want to have something, whether that's a treat or anything. I, and I feel like a lot of people do, like they go to the gym and say, well, I've been going to the gym, so I don't want to eat any of this like bad food or this. And I'm just more of a everything in moderation and no limits, because I find that something that more than anything would add stress to my plate, which is not something that I needed. So yeah, I've always enjoyed like your freedom posts as well. And hearing you talk about that, because I think that's so important, not only for people struggling with things like eating disorders, but just everyone, I think, needs to form that healthy relationship with food. Just everyday people, right? And that's kind of what was brought to my attention more and more after I posted more and more about this like years ago, even. It's just kind of like, wow. I know I'm speaking majority to those who have had eating disorders or currently struggle with like disordered eating or what have you. But yeah, the more and more I started to share, it just like became so obvious that this is just a message that everyone needs to hear. And that's because we're just surrounded by horrible messaging every single day. So no wonder every single person needs to hear it, right? Exactly. So I think what you're doing is amazing because you're replacing those horrible messages of no, don't eat this, don't eat this, don't eat this with no, choose what fuels your body and feels good and do that. Right. Well, thank you for being so sweet, but I absolutely love your message too. And I do want to talk a little bit more about um, your organization and you know I'm a huge huge fan of your clothing line and whatnot I'm just absolutely addicted but before we get into that I do want to touch on a little bit more about what you said about exercise and also counseling I love that you brought up counseling first and then you said exercise so one thing I want you to dive into because I see this as like a problem I guess an issue with a lot of women is that when they're going through something that's like traumatic or a struggle a stressful situation within their lives they don't talk about it and they just go to the gym And that's their therapy. And I totally get that. I mean, I lift weights. And like you said, it's amazing for our mental health. I mean, I I would be a totally different person if I did not lift weights. It is. It's amazing for my mental health for sure. However, I don't have like, you know, body goals, like aesthetic goals or whatever. I I go to the gym for my mental health. But having said that, I also am very um, dedicated is a great word. I'm very dedicated at like feeling my emotions, understanding what I'm going through and talking about them. So can you talk about that a little bit more and just because it's just so important that we do go get the counseling, but then we can also still use the exercise within our lives. For sure. I agree a hundred percent. And it's funny because back as a 13 year old after losing Brianne and even throughout my whole high school years, if you were to ask my mom, what kind of a person I was. I was a very closed off person who didn't like to talk about things. I would just bury them deep inside of me. And I remember my mom always, there was multiple times where she would say, I'm worried about you. Like, just talk about it. Tell me what's wrong. And it took until I was finally convinced by my mom, of all people, of course, she's always knows what's best to go and see a counselor. And what I realized was that 
by not talking about them, I was just building upon layer of layer of layer of trauma and like undigested emotions, right? So going to the gym and working out might make you feel good for that day, but those feelings and maybe the underlying issues from those feelings are still going to be there and they're going to sit there and they can come back in the future at times that you least expect it if you don't work through it and talk about it. So I think it's important to go to counseling so you can learn skills like conflict resolution. Uh, you can learn skills like coping mechanisms for how to deal with stressful situations in your life and to not leave those emotions undigested and just sitting in the pit of your stomach. Because I do think lots of times that is maybe what ends up causing that those stomach problems for a lot of people because everything's just sitting there, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And that's just another example of how our emotions can manifest into something that's actually like a physical symptom. And so many people think that their stomach aches are totally unrelated to all of the stress that they're experiencing in their lives. So I'm so happy that you brought that up again, because that's huge, especially because I know the majority of the women that I work with not only deal with digestive issues, but they're also dealing with like mental health issues. And they absolutely do go hand in hand, but it can also be reversed too. I know I've shared my story many, many times, but when I was 10 years old, when I was diagnosed with anorexia, it started with stomach issues and then it led to an eating disorder. So they're just like such a pair and you need to be aware of each of them and that they can trigger one another essentially. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, thank you so much for sharing all of that and just like going into so much detail for us. And now I really do want to kind of flip the combo over to that amazing clothing line of yours because I've shared pictures of myself wearing your clothes that the branded clothing life is worth living on Instagram and so many people have like freaked out over it because it's just so eye catching and the whole thing is you want to raise awareness with this clothing. So how has that been like tell us like the success you've had with having these like this clothing line and how that's actually helping um, raise awareness for mental health. Yeah. So it's funny because we had no intention of starting a clothing line at all. We actually bought the shirts to wear while we spoke. That was our plan completely. And then we kind of kept getting messages about them. And after our first presentation, I was like, where can we buy those shirts? So that's kind of, it kind of just grew from there. And we've been able to not only sell our original line with just bold life is worth living, but develop other designs and shirts as well. I'm actually wearing one of our new ones today that no one's even seen yet. So I think the clothing is great because it's not just about our story. I think it's about everyone who wears the clothes. People purchase the clothes because they connect to it. And then someone will ask them, oh, what's that? And they can share their story and they can share our story. And it's a way of getting people to open up and talk about suicide, mental illness, mental health, which is what we need to do to be able to reduce the stigma that exists around these topics. So in that way, the clothing has been amazing to just start the conversation that is so needed right now. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. When you were saying all that, I, the tears like bubbled up into my eyes and I was just washed over with chills because that's exactly what happens, right? It gives 
everyone who is wearing your clothing the opportunity to share their story because that's exactly what happens with me when I wear them. But also share your story and share the story of Brienne, even though I didn't know her, but I'm able to speak about her. And that's kind of the root mission of all of this is really keeping her alive and, you know, remembering her forever. Yeah. And I, I truly believe that, you know, she's still with us in some way and helping push us along to spread this message so that people can get help and people can reach out to resources that they need and not end up suffering in silence. Absolutely. So I highly recommend everyone go check out your clothing line. I mean, come on. (laughs) I absolutely love it. And Christmas is on its way. It's like so close. So where can everyone find your clothing? Where can they find you if they want to connect with you a little bit more? Yeah, so we have a website. It's www.lifeisworthlivingbck.com. The BCK is for Brianne Carol Kennedy. And then you can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at Life is Worth Living BCK. And our clothes are available on our website as well as we currently have two locations in Saskatoon, which is Holly Decker's Makeup Studio as well as Organic Tan, Saskatoon, and then in Kindersley, which is our hometown where we grew up, it's available at Cameron's Clothing. And if you want more information about where any of those places are, there's more information on our website, addresses, phone numbers, everything else. So, but yeah, if you have any questions, connect with me, whether that's through email, through our website, through social media, I'd love to connect and hear from people. Oh my gosh. Well, I know people will be coming your way for sure. And hopefully you don't run out of stock because I know everyone's going to buy some clothes from you. I'm looking at the new sweater that you're wearing and I'm like, I need that in all the colors. So (laughs) I'm going to be putting in a Christmas order for sure. But Callie, one last question before you jump off the call with me today is what does it mean to you to be unbreakable? Oh, I think to me that means, you know, no matter what, not sacrificing who I am for anyone else. I think it's interesting because I literally posted something last night on my story that said, the woman you're becoming will cost you people, relationships, spaces, and material things. Choose her over everything. And I think to me that is what being unbreakable means. I don't think I could put it in better words myself. Oh my gosh, absolutely. And this is why I love this question is because I'm like nodding along whenever someone answers it, but we're all giving such different answers. And I absolutely love that. So thank you so much for sharing that with us today, Callie, and also just sharing your story and being so open and honest with us. Thank you. No, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. And I'm excited that I met you and you've come into my life and I look forward to continuing our friendship and being able to continue the conversation about mental health. Absolutely. I am always here to do that and support you in doing that. So we'll be in touch. Sounds great. Thanks, Meg. 